A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry. Can we delete that? <laughs> Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers <laughs> Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take you're itself not, you're not or the egg. game too seriously. No, no, I have no. no idea whether what we're currently giggling about you all have heard or not. Um, <laughs> if you haven't just heard it, it's because it's... <laughs> it's got to go. It's, it's because one of go. us or several of us have decided go. that it has to go from the start of the podcast. But I was recording. Oh, that's oh all no. I can say. I oh, was no. Hot mics, hot mics. <laughs> put, a, put a marker down there uh, for, the, for the first 45 seconds of this recording. Maybe, maybe that will be on a special Patreon podcast if it doesn't make this podcast. The Debauchery in the Desert podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, this is Egg Chasers. An unusual start to the podcast, um, but it's uh, an unusual evening. Because, well, actually, I was going to say that, but it's not unusual, is it? For on a Sunday afternoon, me, me and Phil to be messaging each other going, no idea where JB is. <laughs> I haven't heard from him. He's un- uncontactable. It's gone dark for the last uh, 48 <laughs> hours. We know he was uh, in another country. I nearly got my passport on my phone and just put it in the envelope and post- posted it back to you. <laughs> That's it. You'll never see me again. Now. Why is he putting this? Gone. Bye. What happened to your phone in Dubai? Don't know. Don't know. I'm going to find it. Because everything, I, I lost my wallet in the sevens, right? Again, um, again, I will just say that we've been here so many times. Me and Phil are not like, oh yeah, yeah, that checks out. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm on day five, right? I mean, I mean, nothing but speedos and um, speedos trainers, maybe a t-shirt. I'm tucking my wallet into um, you know, just into front of my speedos, right? Uh, anyway, goes missing, shows up within ten minutes in lost and found with all the cash in it. Mm. That's the kind of place to buy is. It's incredibly safe. That is very good. Really cool. So I actually am expecting to see this phone again, unlike uh, the, the scamps that we encountered in Madrid. Oh, yeah. Madrid, you got no chance. Mm. So, yes, you, we, we'll get some snippets of JB's Rugby Week in Dubai playing against rugby royalty, having beers <laughs> with World Cup winners and, and the like. And, um, yeah, maybe there'll be some extra little nuggets, p- potentially including what may or may not have been at the start of this episode, as, as discussed. Exactly. On a special Patreon podcast. If you want uh, more content and to support the podcast, uh, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers, wherever you get your podcasts, hit subscribe. And, um, yeah, th- this is the only yet podcast there for you, 52 weeks of the year, every single Monday into our 10th season, whether or not we're half cut from five days on, on the beers or not as JB is you're actually doing alright mate yeah I am I'm pretty good I'm, give me multiple days on the beers I'm okay one one night is more difficult than multiple days I find now mm. there is something about waking up and just almost getting straight back on it yeah knowing take the edge off knowing there's more beers 
in your immediate, in your immediate future. Uh, exactly. So you two are better at that than me. And when we it was a was it in New York, um, <laughs> and uh, and I remember I, I did I did a little call home on like day three or four. Uh, I, did, I did a little call home to to just check in, and I remember saying to Kate, "I was like, oh, I can't keep up with these two. <laughs> and she actually said. Man up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we headed out for a brunch at that point. Exactly. Oh, that brunch was fantastic. It was a good brunch, that. My yeah. word, that was a good brunch. Uh, I did find a CrossFit gym in Dubai, yep. which I booked on for the first for the first morning. And do you know Rugby Sevens in Dubai has also got a CrossFit competition? Has it? So, yeah. Who, who knows what might occur ne- next year? I, think gonna... we, I still think there's a CrossFit pod for us to do. Oh, no, I don't know about that. I think we, I think we should, could. Uh, but we're going to talk about rugby. Um, so I, I want to start with Eddie Jones because tomorrow his meeting mm. with the RFU has been moved forward. Monday morning. There's a Monday morning meeting at the RFU. So by the time you may be listening to this podcast, you may know the outcome of that. What do you suspect is going to be the outcome of this meeting? I suspect he will have a few more coaches to burnout i think he'll save his job and it'll be a vote of confidence that's interesting because that's not what you want it's not, and, no it's not what i want but and i th- and i think i actually think we're probably slightly more likely that he goes now i, I just he, i, I think just got done. this this inkling i think there's going to be a monday morning meeting at the rfu potentially closely followed by a monday morning meeting at leicester tigers Oof. Well, that would be where just my money would be on that. Uh, so here's here's where I'm at with it. I think you're absolutely right. Steve Borthwick is who the RFU wants. I think Eddie Jones is going to be gone, and I think I think Steve Borthwick will be England's next uh, full time permanent coach. I think Warren Gatland is going to be England coach until the World Cup, and Steve Borthwick will also be at the World Cup as well, by which time he will have finished the season with Leicester. He'll have involvement with Warren Gatlin. They've worked together mm-hmm. before, and that's what I think is going to happen. Well, I think Interesting. It's interesting like Leicester are already thinking about the future without Steve Borthwick. Mm. I think they've come to terms with that, because he's such a great coach. But there again, you know, if he doesn't do it now, if he doesn't strike while the iron's hot, he might never do it. And you've got to remember that, because he's current Premiership champion, mm-hmm. His stock, I doubt, can be higher unless he wins something else again. Unless he like... keeps winning, which he he probably won't do with this Leicester team just because they lost two of their key players last year. And it'll yeah. take a little bit of time to, to get back. And then Eddie might go to the World Cup. You know, he might make a semi. Everything might be absolutely fine. And somebody else might do incredibly well. And the England job goes to them. Or Warren Gatland wants it full-time. Mm-hmm. Or There's all sorts of permutations. If he misses his window, he might never get it again. And if he does get it again... It means that the window has been firmly shut on Rob, on Rob Baxter. Because that would be another four years. You'd want him to, him being Borthwick, to keep with this team mm-hmm. until this World Cup. And that if he does well with the World Cup, you want him for another four years. Mm-hmm. Rob Baxter at that point, six years down the line, no England job for him. And it should have been his by rights, you would say, for a long time. He, he would have been front runner had Eddie Jones gone at any point prior to about 12 months ago. Yeah, and now Rob Bock. Rob Baxter, Rob Baxter is wrestling with one hell of a rebuild at Ex, uh, Exeter Chiefs. Mm. To the point that I don't know that they'll ever be a force again. I, I think they will just because of the nature of the Premiership. Because what about no, European force then? That, not until um, I don't think any English club can genuinely be a European force again until um, the salary cap is changed. Yeah, I think you're right. 
Uh, I just think it's too big, big a gap to bridge. Um, but on on both Baxter and um, Borthwick, they're both probably in their forties. Borthwick relatively early forties, Baxter late forties. I would guess. I mean, Brian Ashton, he was sixty-one when he yep. when he took over England in two thousand six, seven, ahead of that World Cup. Was he not so, already the attack coach for them, though? Was he not in camp as a consultant? He might have been, but I, I guess my point is just they've they've got. <laughs> I mean, Gatland is sixty-five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There, there is. I think these guys have got time if they want to to have multiple different bites or multiple different cherries. Yeah, I agree with that. One of the reasons I was, until last week, I was kind of on the, not happy with how things are going, but I don't think uh, we should make a change, was because the field, the the options you'll have after a World Cup are so much, you're you're so limited by making a change now. Mm. But Mm. that's where this this Gatland-Borthwick, because they know each other, they've worked together, and I, I think actually you could have... Sorry, who's worked together? Gatland and Borthwick. Have they won? Yeah, where did they Lions. Win? Didn't Borthwick go with the oh, Lions? Okay. Well remembered, yep. Yeah. Was it New Zealand? Was it New Zealand that one? or the more recent one? South was Africa. it South Africa just gone? I can't remember. I can't even remember. Well, it wasn't now. Sean Edwards, was it? Is Andy Farrell? Because it was always a big deal that Gatland picked Andy Farrell over Edwards. They always felt that. I'm trying to think. No, the last one, because the last Lions team, coaching team I thought was very underwhelming. So that was... Tandy, Gatland, Trying to get Townsend. It. Management in 2007, assistant forwards coach, Steve Borthwick. There you go. Was it 2007? 2017. 2017. So he yeah. knows what he's getting so, himself into. Yeah, they've worked, they've worked together. and uh, So that's why I think it could work. If Steve Borthwick's the man they've decided they want, then Gatland would be a good interim, and I, I, I'm happy with that. Um Pete Stevens has emailed contacttedchasers at gmail.com. I think he makes a, a, asks a good question here. He says, um, lads, why does no one talk about the next England head coach being Mark McCall? Well, I thought that. I li- as we were talking, well, first of all, he's from Ulster. So maybe it might Warren Gatlin's not- from <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Otago. I don't know why, yeah. but an Irishman taking over the English team just seems a little bit more of a stretch than a New Zealander. I don't know why, but you know, just just my opinion. Um, and also, Saracens is that's the club that just carries on giving. If 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 you're a coach, you've got everything set up there. He doesn't seem to have nearly as big a job in his hands as say Baxter does. Uh, no, I just think he's too settled there, and they're doing too well. And he, he's he's arguably a production line for other English coaches. Yes, <laughs> like Borthwick's been there, Farrell was there, Gustard for positive and negative. Yeah, Sanderson. Um, Shaw, who's there now? Who else has been there? I don't know, but, but it's safe to say they'll, plenty. Lose, they'll lose a few more to some more premiership clubs in the near future. And create some more great coaches, no doubt. Mm. So maybe, maybe actually his best place for, I'd be for very, England is. I'd be very happy with Mark McCall. I, I, I would, think everyone would be. I would also be happy with Mark McCall. I, don't know. I, do, I do wonder if his best place for England is actually generating coaches at Saracens rather than in the top job. Yeah, yeah. it's a great shout. It's a great shout. Um, and... While you while you mentioned you mentioned Gustard as you were just chatting there, and it reminded me of some some comments um, this week when um, when a lot what well, some people have pointed out that maybe England's players, whilst there's a large player pool, isn't of a, a high quality. And Mark Evans, I think, was said England don't have any players that are truly world class 
the definition being in the top two in their position in the world. Mm. Um, I, on, on our YouTube channel, I made a similar point, which is like just getting rid of, rid of Eddie, you can make a difference, but it doesn't solve all England's problems because actually I don't think that whilst we have a big pool of players and if one player gets injured, you can quite easily bring another or 20 others in. Actually, the top end level of the, the players available is not as high as anything. One of the points that came back quite a lot from that was, yeah, no, 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 hold on. Part of that is context-based and is pl- look at and the, the Gustard leaving Quinns and then them winning the title mm. within nine within six months was one of the things that got brought up, which yeah. actually the environment, the, the systems, the... The way yeah. you set a team up with exactly the same personnel, you can complete, you can radically Zach, change how a team plays. Zach Mercer is not one of the best eights in, in in the Premiership when he left. Give him a different environment and give him a chance to shine in a system where he can be, and he's the best number eight in the top, top fourteen or one of. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think there's a lot of good players in England, but they just don't have the platform to shine. Because I don't think England gives them the pl- platform to shine. If they were winning every week. You might say, yeah, it is Farrell, or yeah, it is Manu if he was playing at mm-hmm. his absolute best. But they're losing, and therefore they look like losers. Yeah, I agree with that yeah. point. And it, if it's if this, the same the same point with Quinns, you could make for England when they crashed out of the World Cup under Lancaster, and then less than six months later, they win in the Six Nations and go in 19 games unbeaten. Um, and I think... Uh, it's not that it's not that England lack the top end talent because if you look at the squad of England players, how many of them have been? Ask the question: How many of them have been over the last X number of years at various different points? They would have been considered for that um, top two in the world. Itoji Curry, fa- uh, yeah. Itoji Curry, uh, Billy in back in the Curry, day. yeah. Um, I Genge, I think, would have been Chris. Yeah. Um, he's not in the squad now. No, no, but like but he, he would have been. been. Some people, yeah. for some people, stewards around there, and yeah. that's far off. The thing is, if you're constantly asking for world class players, are you a world class coach? I think you are. Yeah, it's. Um, I think there is enough talent in there, um, but p- talent is also a curse. Not, it's not the fact that England have too much talent. Uh, sorry, don't have enough um, top end talent. It's the fact that there is too much talent. So, like, if if you're looking for a 13 in England, if, mm. if say, uh, who was starting 13, Manu goes it goes down, then you've got Slade, Marchand, Ollie Lawrence, Porter, Porter, um, Elliot Daly, uh, yeah, Will, yeah. Will Joseph, um, Phil Fockner. Like it's hard to be top two in the world if, if there's five of you. Yeah, if, if there's ten of you. If you look at like Wales or Ireland, there are, there are only, like, if someone goes down in a position... There is only one or two names that you could possibly throw out, so you you almost never spoil for choice. Well, it's the, apart from um, maybe their back row. It's which, the whole Ben Darwin thing, which is if you have if you have an opportunity and you have contractual stability, and it's you and your mate you've been playing there for God knows how long. Like the reason that <clears throat> Iceland became good at football for whatever reason, it's because they had to play together every single week. Yeah, it is. It's a real thing, unfortunately. And, and the consequence of that depth of the player pool which, you know, quite a lot of people will say, oh, that, that, quite a lot of fans of other countries say, oh, England should be so much better because they have a player pool. Actually, it, 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 that player pool in itself is the reason why we're going to arrive at a World Cup. And if Alex Dombrandt is the, is the first choice number eight, he hasn't had many caps. And if Alex Mitchell was the first choice scrum mm. up, he hasn't had many caps. Uh, Dombrandt, I think England's most effective Dracula in, in, 
in an, uh, what like last twelve games? <laughs> I think. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, no. it's it's, but it, it it does feel like your um, is that kind of first world problems issue. Oh no, I've just got too many options. Oh, no, I've got too many nice yeah. pairs of and shoes. This is actually like, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> And this is exactly the problem, which was the undoing for Stuart Lancaster, wasn't it? You know, how do I get over the fact that I've got too many good players? Well, I ignore all of them, and I just go with the same crew over and over again. So we, Lancaster, what are you talking about? He was the one that... 50-cap guy. No, well, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but he's the one that actually... Look at England's 2019 World Cup finalists, and Stuart Lancaster was the one that laid those... He planted, he he planted those seeds ah, that, that then flowered four see, years later. You see what you're trying to say there. Unfortunately, in the world of fund management, we say um, being early is the same as being wrong. So don't, don't be correct early. Yeah, I, I do think both those things are true. I think yeah. Lancaster put a lot of the seeds... Um, laid the roots, laid the foundation. Well, that's partly the, because of where Eng- England were, and also because of what his skill set is. He is incredible at developing. He's, he's good with the coaches. players. He, he was that under twenty. <laughs> he was that under twenties coach that brought through a load of a load of these guys, and uh, and he tr- he put faith in them. He, he spotted the talent, put faith in them, and, and gave them the opportunity that you're talking about. Mm. But it was he was not right. So he no no agreed. he could be. Arguably, Lancaster for England would be most valuable. We spoke about Mark McCall potentially being most valuable in his current role. Lancaster for for They'd England would be back. would be most valuable doing the role that he was doing, like the under twenty coach, yeah, role. head coach, yeah. But that won't pay as much as being a senior coach at Leinster. I or wonder. is it Racing ninety two? He's going to next Racing. year. Yeah, that England under twenties definitely will not pay as much as Racing ninety two. Oh, speaking of front, uh, Jack Willis is. Currently playing his debut for Toulouse, isn't he? he played no, last he, week. he played. So he was it last night? He no, last week. He played. Last week he got his debut off the bench last week. Oh yeah, his first start this week. First start was last night. Oh okay, and he scored on debut oh, yeah. on first start. Good lad, so. crushing it. Top two player in the world now. Yeah, uh, probably <laughs> yes. There is something about the further away players. We've mentioned this point before, but yeah. um, the boy Harlequins Lock Simmons, who was in Matt Simmons, yeah, oh in, yeah, uh, England cap- future England captain. Chief. I'm not sure how I'd go in, in like the top 14 if I was a flanker for Toulouse. Wouldn't be good. But I imagine one of the weaker games in the European Cup, I'd be all right. Against like, uh, well, in Siberia maybe? Well, well, uh, Italy. 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 Yeah. You'd be fine. Yeah, Absolutely uh, fine. Uh, like London Irish signed him for monstrous money from the Chiefs uh, because he had this kind of cachet because he was this uh, player from the from Super Rugby and exactly yeah. exactly yeah. that so England there so yeah, um, watch this we've all said what we think yeah. we'll probably be by the time you've listened to this we'll, you'll probably be shaking your head and um, saying how wrong we all got it I think I've got it absolutely I think it is going to be the well both, no, I think Baltic's already well Ronan O'Gara what sort of kicked off the conversation is mm. Ronan O'Gara came out and said this week, yeah, yeah, I've had a conversation. I've had a conversation with him <laughs> and yeah. I've, I've ruled myself out. Yeah. Uh, but I had to have the chat. And uh, that means, in my mind, that means he's not had the chat. Well, do you know what? I, I know he's negotiating his contract with La Rochelle and it's a, it's, a good th- it's a good bit of information to be out there when you're trying to get <laughs> it out is. of contract. It's also potentially, I did look at that and go, is that a constructive dismissal case for Eddie Jones right there? <laughs> like, oh yeah, you've, they've had conversations with people about my job when I'm still in my job. Well, well, but, they, no, but they might say after the World Cup. Yeah, you just frame oh, yeah. it for in twelve. We've yeah, got, yeah. We've got to 
Got to get it right for in 12 months' time. Yeah. yeah, as far as I'm concerned with, with Ronan Gara, why would you ever leave La, La Rochelle? La Rochelle is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when... when I think about a team like Lyon, who have got a lot of money, and when they were coming through the French ranks, anyone that got them to the next level would be treated like an absolute god. Mm. You know, what's the old Guinness saying about John, Johnny Wilkinson? Loved by the English, adored by the French. Right, if you get into one of these clubs and you take them places, like, well, he's doing at La Rochelle, they'll build a statue of him. Mm. They'll give him land, they'll, you know, all, all sorts of things. He'll be treated like a Saracen. But he's I right, bet, though. But he never has to buy a coffee oh, when he wants, yeah. strolls down the, the uh, boulevard yeah. in La Rochelle. 100%. But as you, as you know, as anyone else, you never get a pay rise for just doing your job well, uh, unless you're... Well, no, actually, you get a pay rise in the public service, even if you're not doing yeah, your job well. well. Yeah, well we <laughs> you, just, well. you just get incremental pay. But no, you never get. A, you never. I've never ever got a pay rise for. Uh, I've never ever got more money for just doing my job well. I've only ever got more money when someone else wanted me. Uh, true, mm. true. So, um, it's, so it's there's a small cavalcade of um, coaches now who are in very, very much. Sorry, very much demand. And Ronald Gore is probably at the top of those because yeah. it's not England. It's someone top fourteen. Um, yeah, Ronald Gore. So. To, Probably the the most highly ranked youngish coaches would be Borthwick, O'Gara, Scott Robinson, Scotty Robertson, Robertson. Robertson, yeah. Um, but two of those have done it kind of around the world. One of them has only done it in one place. Mm-hmm. None of them qualify under the RFU's definition. International, Must have international experience. Englishman, well, the previous one was ideally Englishman, but international experience. Yeah. So Borthwick does. Japan, with Japan. Lions. And uh, I say I always and w- England, and England. So yeah, I always not think, as head coach though. Yeah, I always think that means head coach. Yeah, I don't think it would. I, uh, I, I couldn't see what the difference would be. I, I think Lions, Japan, England, and now in a head coach position, winning the Premiership. I, I think well, t- turning it in two years from the team that should have got relegated to winning the Premiership. That is pretty impressive. Yeah, and doing it whilst being, which is going to be necessary as England coach, being ruthless in terms of who fits what you're trying to do. And also, he got a draw this week against the highest paid coach in the world. Yeah. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 I wonder if Pat Lam still is the highest paid coach in the world. Um, well, his salary won't have gone down on his eight-year deal. but. Someone else, bottom of the league. Someone else might. Just uh, let's let's jump onto that. Again, you can uh, contact deadchasers at gmail dot com if the England situation hasn't been. uh, No news has come out. Feel free to chip in, or else feel free to just uh, abuse us for being woefully wrong, totally wrong in our assessment. If the news (laughs) has come out, Uh, but on just onto onto Bristol. um, Let's go to that. They're bottom of the table, and that was one thing which. Uh, being being at the game and, and and just chatting to Bristol players, chatting to Pat Lamb and stuff, um, that's the one bit where I... Obviously, they'll be hurting that they're bottom of the table and that they've been on a bad run of form. Mm. But it didn't matter enough that they were bottom. The lack of relegation, is it's tangible, it's real. When I... When I you know, asked about the the six run, mm. the six runs uh, defeat and confidence and stuff. He's like, oh well, you know, we'll just we'll keep going and we're positive and judge the system, because but I I want a team, whoever they are, but especially when it's a, a team like Bristol or last season Bath or years before Leicester, mm. when you're at the bottom of the table, I want you to be terrified, absolutely terrified. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah, I do agree with it as well. And it's a shame that 
getting rid of relegation doesn't actually help it. Mm. Well, so also, that's the other thing. Is as someone I was chatting to, um, I was actually chatting to Dougie from the Mallover podcast. He was working, oh. he was working on camera three at the Bristol game, and we were having a chat. And he said, it, n- "Nothing's been sorted out about what's happening with the Premiership next season, has it? We we are at the halfway point in the season, and we still haven't got a clue who's going up, how many teams next year, what's happening." Nope, no worries. Play it by ear. Well, it, it kind of is going to be what on earth happens with the consortium and um, getting wasps consortium for Worcester and getting wasps out of administration yeah. or whatever happens yeah, there. We're jumping around on topics here, but on the Worcester thing, the preferred bid has been given more, more time, time, which it seems that seems ominous to me. So, I just about this. I, this no, I'm I'm with you. The whole thing has seemed ominous. James Sanford doesn't seem to have bony fine credentials that you need to buy a club, in my opinion. So, in my mind, you need to have a net worth of about 100 million quid in your name in order to run a rugby club, to, to afford it. To, that, to afford the losses that yeah. you're going to take that's not, pretty much. That's not my opinion. That is the opinion of someone who knows about owning rugby clubs. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what, they, that's, that's what they think. If you're going to do this, it is a very wealthy man's game. Now, it is Stamford and O'Toole, but they are saying they've Jim. got... Yes, sorry. Yeah, so, um, they say they've got backing from an, from Americans. Is that right? Is it American yeah. money or something? There, yeah, there is so. certainly some American money that's been named. Yeah, as being I in mean, there. look, if there's some American money, I just hope that the guy loves his rugby because it's going to cost him an awful lot, and I hope he's very, very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Because if not, they're screwed. They're absolutely screwed. It's going to get worse. Yeah, no, best it'll get worse. The best, the, the best thing you can hope for is some local businessman. Who is worth broadly around that? Or Steve Diamond's who's, sustainable long-term plan? Who's worth broadly around that? <laughs> <laughs> Diamond's wishes. I can't remember what he that. called it, because you know um, uh, Alex Anderson had his Malbec Sundays, and then I can't remember what Dimes referred to. He had, he had a thing, something to do with Worcestershire. I can't remember what it was. I was chatting to someone at the, at the airport today about, um, about, um, about Alex, Alex Anderson. He told me an amazing line. About something he said in the interview about about Sam Sam James. Did you hear the interview with Sam James? Don't think so. He's just come out and said, "I love Sam James." So he's listing all the things that he likes about Sam James, and then he goes, "Do you know what? No, actually, I I just love him. I just love him. <laughs> love Sam James. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I love Sam. Did, James. did he pass an important milestone? Is it like a hundredth appearance or something maybe. like that? Two hundred. Yeah, maybe. Got to be more than a hundred. Yeah, yeah, definitely more than a hundred. Yeah. Loved him that much. Why didn't he play him at thirteen instead of Rob Dupree? That's my own though. Questions must be answered. I'll ask him on. Uh, I'll ask him next Sunday, and I'll ask him on Tuesday night. It's pretty cool, actually. So the the, I don't know whether it's just Sale do this. I assume all the club. I don't assume all the clubs do this, but um, Louis, my son, is in the Sale DPP mm-hmm. uh, program, and they've invited all the parents to the stadium on um, on Tuesday night, and Alex Sanderson's hosting an, an event. That's cool to try and like you know here as a parent, here's what you can do to help your lad here's what we're trying to achieve and yeah it's pretty cool and stop talking about good people and what that walk, walk out <laughs> walk out that, that's something so one thing i noticed on the address when this email came out saying you're you know um come along it said it was called the salford city state salford community stadium yeah. not the aj bell stadium anymore Oh. So I think AJ Bell is no longer the name sponsor of the stadium, but I think the branding is staying up. AJ Bell branding is all staying up because it's too expensive to, to take, take down. it down. Oh. That's, that, that's happened before, so that might be why what's happened, what's going on there. But I'm sure that AJ Bell deal is a long term deal. But yeah. 
here's something for you. Um, I think his name's Andy Bell, who started AJ Bell. Um, makes sense if it's AJ mm. Bell. But yeah, obviously a very wealthy individual now. But they flew him down to Six Ways when they were trying to save Worcester. And they badged up all of Worcester as the AJ Bell Six Ways. Mm. And it didn't quite get his attention enough. If he, if he wants to buy a rugby club, he's, he's got a director of rugby who's, easy, who's easily on hand. <coughs> just saying, just saying. Mm. Local to the area. Local to the area now. Interesting. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, we're halfway through the season. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's happening next year. Next year. And we're halfway through the season, and Bristol are bottom of the bottom table. Of the table. Did you see Northampton's financial results? Yes. Small <coughs> loss, save for an insurance event. Oh, sorry, small small profit, save for an insurance yeah. event. Which That's was quite impressive to quite me. Quite remarkable, because it included um, some of the... It was the financial year 22, so it included some of the lockdown in 21, I think. Yeah. Or, or the very back end of lockdown in 21. Yeah, so... I think they made I think they made three hundred thousand pounds profit, but that's because of a five hundred thousand pounds insurance uh, coverage, whatever it is, been paid out. Uh, I think that's amazing. I think everyone Saints should be rightly proud of what they've done there because that is hard. Yeah, and if they can carry on, it's hard in any circumstances. Never mind the in some of the pandemic window where they had lim- less. Um, Fewer um, people visited. I've got to say, it is hard to dislike Saints. It's hard to dislike how they play the game, you know, the, like, the infrastructure around them. The transparency around their financials is amazing because mm. they, they tell you absolutely everything. This is what happened. This is this is how it happened. Yeah. Um, although I was just going to mention, so we just mentioned Bristol being bottom of the league. They had a loss of three they, million, did they? Well, they are, so not, not on financial results, okay. but in terms of. Points for and points against. So they have the worst um, points difference by some margin, actually. Yeah, they do. 32 uh, worse than Newcastle. Um, they're minus 82. I've got, I've got more but, than that. I've got the points of minus 82, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah, yeah. So minus 82 points difference. But they are the sec- they've scored, actually, the third uh, fewest points for behind Newcastle and Bath. And their second worst points conceded only behind Northampton. You know, it's so for all the good that Northampton do, their defence, and that's something that showed this week, their defence is at times not good enough. Well, as Chris Boyd says, it's um, what you leave out that counts. How do you, yeah. make, how, how do you make the boat go faster? And in, as far as he was concerned, it's all about working on the things, things that you're good at. He said, but I'm sure, sure he's saying you, you, you'll all. You'll always be bad at something, but what will it be? And I guess that's what they've decided. Only got so many hours. <laughs> well, in the day. they're bad at defence, <clears throat> and their tight five is bad. But they're amazing at lots of other things. But how is the tight five bad? <laughs> you got the England captain, Dave Ribbons. They replaced with the England captain, Coles. Yeah. <laughs> well, Coles, Coles isn't in the tight five. No, Coles was playing six, wasn't he? Oh yeah. But but the point still stands. Um, they should be good, but they're not. They're not. They're not. They, their scrum got bullied at times by that Gloucester scrum. Um, Balmain and Rapava Ruskin. Balmain is one of the most underrated tight heads in the entire competition. That is my best pick in fantasy rugby draft. Was getting in, I think, in the fourth or fifth round, getting Gloucester's front row. That is, so it, it's turned out to be a very good pick. Um, it looked like a horrible injury for Jack Singleton. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned oh, no. that. Actually, yeah. 
What happened? Wish him well. Uh, innocuous, no foul play. Um, they they didn't replay it on the screen, but it appeared, and I only watched it at the time. But I saw him go down, and it just appeared his uh, the lower half of his leg wobbled in a. It was like two frames. It wobbled in a way that you don't want to... Yeah, so my guess would be some kind of fracture or dislocation of his lower, I think, right leg. That is actually an enormous loss. I mean, that is a... That's a table-changing loss. Well, they're lucky they've got Sacchino, um, who's also very good, but they had two outstanding hookers, yeah. and now, yeah. they've, now they've got so one outstanding hooker. One of the reasons Gloucester works is because those driving malls, we spoke about this before... Mm-hmm. And and they did it to great effect in this game. Yeah, you want to play Gloucester, you have got to expect them to go to to the back of, back of the moor, set up a drive. In fact, you've got to work out how to get two point uh, sorry two points two scores on on the on the board just to match their malls, mm-hmm. and then you can play them play them properly. Uh, and one of the big one of the big reasons for that is Singleton can hit the back so consistently. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to you know defend a line out and you you've got Singleton on the field, you defend differently. To playing at Singleton than you do against Sacchino. Everybody knows this. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, hitting the yeah. back man, that, that helps a massive amount. And George McGuigan's arrows are brilliant, and that's a reason why Newcastle are particularly good at it. But those two teams, is it, it, I love the fact that those two teams have managed to keep that going at a time when it appeared like the driving mall was being mm. was being shut down <clears throat> as a weapon. Because they're but smart it, with their coaching. <clears throat> very smart with their coaching. Yes, and that, that was... They were very handy. The driving mall was very good. Their scrum at times was totally dominant this week against Northampton. But also Gloucester, he's an, he's such a quality player. Carreras playing at 10. Yeah. The way he hits... Do you think... Hang on. Hang on. I'm serious. Do you think he's playing at 10 because we brought this to someone's attention? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Michael Checker might have brought it to... Uh, oh, oh, he plays 10. Oh, all right. Why didn't you tell us you played 10, Santi? I think... I think hey. I think Hastings might have a niggle, yeah. um, but what an option! He he, the way that he takes the ball to the line, the pace that he put on it. There's there's two times, one for his try, and one partway through the first half, where Finn Smith was the man who was supposed to be marking him, and just couldn't get near him. And Finn, Finn Smith is a great player, mm. but he was just totally thrown by the 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 flatness of the pass and the way that. As a ten, Carreras like explodes onto the ball. Uh, it was absolutely sensational, and he he, he looked amazing. In did this game. Um, he did look great? Did Finn Smith play well? He did. Some of his passing was very very good. So the range um, and options for his passing um, were was excellent. He did those two, the Carreras try, and then there was a break where him and a break from a lineout where him and Mitchell both kind of misread Carreras where he looked a bit shaky defensively. Mm. But other than that, he looked okay, considering he was uh, behind a pack that was getting beaten up a bit. Yeah. Um, what do you think the attendance was for the um, Saints lost the game? Saints got uh, 12,500. 12, well, no, come on, according to Premiership Rugby, so the real attendance. According to Premiership Rugby's... Uh, website, the official <laughs> website. Are you on Premiership Rugby's website now, not uh, Ultimate, Ultimate Rugby? rugby. Yeah, not, not Ultimate Rugby, Premiership Rugby. You've had your fingers burn. Yep. Um, oh, I'm, guess, that again. I'm guessing they've got it at zero. They have got zero, yeah. Yes. Nobody went to watch Gloucester, Northampton Saints, and Bristol Bears against Leicester Tigers. How many would you guess it that were there? Well, I, 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 probably, I, I would have guessed, because I was actually there, yeah. I would have guessed there was 14,000. Zero again, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. So you wrong, wrong on both. I was counts. wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. Zero. Um, just on the Gloucester game, I do want to say 
I really hope Singleton is not out uh, for a long period of time. And I have been wrong on this before. Earlier this season, I said that Akam van der Merwe was going to be out for a long time. And I think he missed one game week. Because he looked, <laughs> he was, there was, on that was a, a crock rule. And it looked like either his ankle or his knee went. And it just must not have. It, so I, I really hope that Singleton is yeah. is okay. Yeah, watch this space on that one. Yes. Uh, but no, they're back, back to Gloucester needed that. One last thing on mm. Saints before we go. Was it, I don't know if it's announced or not. Did you see a video of England training uh, in the gym and then Finn Smith been there? Not been announced in, in, in the squad? No, but I did see some pictures earlier this year of uh, Charlie Atkinson training with England. Yeah. But not, I've not seen Finn Smith. Oh, there you go. That, that was my only, my only contribution. Hmm. Finn Smith, the future. Top two, top two player in his position in the world. Hmm. Him and Marcus Smith. Yep. Both. The two, the Smith brothers. Um, so, Tim, you were at, we've, we've, we've tried a couple of times unsuccessfully to get onto the <laughs> Bristol Tigers game because we're meandering yeah. through the yeah. pod this week. So, so just really, yeah, let, let's 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 really get to to the sort of crux of this. Who do you prefer being bottom, Bath or Bristol? Because it is hard, isn't it? <laughs> well, London Irish have just moved off with their win over Newcastle. Quite, They're uh, level on points with Newcastle and Bristol. Yeah, seventeen. 17. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean. <clears throat> Like I say, I want that to really matter. On the one hand, Pat Lamb was at, at pains to say, you know, this is what what a great league. Anyone can beat anyone. <coughs> did, he, did he know it was going to happen this week? <laughs> How do, yeah. you, do you like when he knew he was going to lose against uh, Newcastle? Uh, I I thought Bristol <coughs> the last two weeks actually they've they've narrowly lost to Sale and yeah, they've got a draw against Leicester. They look they look good, you know. Yeah. I but thought the, they looked good. Problem is, with, I mean, it's maybe I'm going to have to give Pat Lamb a bit of credit here, um, but. Yeah, you can look good in the Premiership quite quite frequently, but you've got to win, and I think that I think that is the difference. You know, pr- previous years when they had a bit of an advantage with how much money they could spend because of the situation of the salary cap, you could play well and win. Now you can play well, lose because uh, you, you need to be absolutely on it all the time. So yeah, he might actually have that, a point. That was a full ball Leicester Tigers. The, yep. the champ the champions and uh, you know Leicester have uh, are they they're four wins four defeats and a draw now they've played a lot of games away from home I think they played six out of their nine games away and but that was a full on Leicester team I looked at that team sheet and I honestly thought as as many good players as Bristol have got back in and Semi came back and Ellis Genge was there I I thought Leicester will do him here how did Ibatoya go good he looked really man, good got man of the match yeah really? Yeah. He's his first ever Premiership Man of the Match. Yeah. Wow. As you uh, told... Well, he he was telling me just before. Was he? He went, I've had a Premiership Cup before. I've never had one of these. <laughs> um, he, no, he, he played very well. Defensively, he's good. He's, a, he's an attacking threat. He fits Bristol. It's a good fit. It's a really good he's fit. Well, I, I thought him, obviously, Semi and uh, Diego Bailey on the wings all mm. looked dangerous. Yeah. They were all beating players. They were carrying hard and well. And I think you're right. This, It's... Bristol will be disappointed, as as um, Ibatoya said himself. Was they were, they were disappointed in the result, but it was a very strong Leicester Tigers team, about almost as strong as they can put out. Oh, oh, um, and Bristol. It was a weird game though, because Bristol started well. Yeah, Leicester then controlled the whole of the rest of the first half. I thought after the first ten minutes Dominant. or so, through their set piece. Yeah, yeah, set piece, kick the corners. 
control the game, box kicking and, and kicking the corners. And then the second half, Bristol just came back into it, came back into it. And then <coughs> it was the Van Vyke red card, yeah. red card that was on the penultimate try, wasn't it? And yep. then they had Leicester had 15 minutes to hold out and couldn't quite do it. Yeah. But it was it was very interesting. And AJ had the kick for the win. Yeah, AJ could have could have won it. He got the pitching wedge out instead of the yeah one of his woods. Uh, wasn't the cleanest strike, was no, it? Wasn't a clean strike. But does that. anybody understand the thought in Bristol at the moment behind having two, for, well, first first choice tens, and I presume two first choice tens on nearly first choice money. <laughs> well, the big problem is you've got. <laughs> You've got about six players who are on first choice, first choice, first play money. Everyone else must be paid like, like pence. Yeah, yeah. If you were going to sign AJ McGinty and then not play him, oh my god! They, I mean, imagine how many Worcester and Wasps players you could have got for for AJ's money. Oh no, yeah. And and when you and when I, I I thought when they signed AJ, my thinking was, oh okay, right. Pat Lamb's going to have a bit more balance in the way he plays. He's going to he's going to kick for a bit of territory and then play when they get into the right areas. And AJ McGinty at Sale was fantastic at game management. And then it, and then he kept picking Sheedy. And, but it appears through the season, early in the season, they were still playing the Bristol way, having to go from most places. But now they are, they are changing. Mm. They Sheedy are playing is, um, a more balanced game. And I think AJ will, I think over the next few weeks, I think AJ will become their starting 10 because they are playing a different type of rugby now. Well, mm. Sheedy is hands down the better of the two athletes. Better runner, better carrier, so on and so forth. AJ is easily, and it's not even close, the better passer and the better kicker of, mm. of a ball. So what they want to do with these two, I don't know. Are they trying to transition Callum Sheedy out and play something completely different? I, I, I don't really understand what, I don't, what I don't think it's completely different, but I think they are definitely... I don't know whether it's because it's winter coming, I don't mm. know. But I think they're definitely changing how they play. Play, play the um, conditions, maybe. But... You kind of want someone who can, who can do both. Although you don't always get that luxury. Yeah, true. Hold on, go on. You can there you sort go. your mic out. Is all right? Sorted. Uh, so I, th- I thought Bristol were good. I tell you what, you talked about Jack Singleton, and where we hope his injury isn't mm. bad, and we hope he's not. Great to see Dan Kelly back. Six months out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back in, and there's a lot of talk about Manu. We, uh, again, as Dougie from Mallover, I'll give him credit. I'm not just going to steal his point and then say it. Well, yeah. I was chatting to him on. I was saying I was so I'm so excited to see Dan Kelly because I was expecting to see the England players come back in. Wasn't expecting to see Dan Kelly's name out of the blue because Leicester don't give you any information mm. about. I see. I don't know. Andre Pollard. I tried to find out and ask questions. Is, has he had surgery? Is that is that what I heard? <laughs> is he injured? No, I'm not just asking him because he's in my FRD team. I'm just genuinely <laughs> interested. Couldn't get any answers, but so I wasn't expecting Dan Kelly. And great to see him back. And, and Dougie mm. mentioned, don't forget, he was the he was the player they had when they let Manu go. Did they have mm. Atkinson travelling with them? Yeah, he was on the bench. Was he? Did he get on? Yeah, for a bit. But um, but Dan Kelly, we're talking about England's midfield. He's, he, he, had, he had one cap. That, that could be the answer right there. Why do you like Dan Kelly, but not but not Porter? They're so similar. Dan Kelly's at, Dan Kelly's at, they are similar, but Dan Kelly is a tw- is a twelve. Porter is a thirteen playing twelve, which is what which is what some people would want. Man- that's happened with Manu. Dan Kelly is a twelve playing twelve. Mm. That's true, and he, he just feels a bit more direct. Dan Kelly, mm. slightly more um, maybe explosive or physical. Not not quite sure what exactly I put my finger on, but a bit more direct. Yeah. 
that said, Matt Scott's been great for them this season as well. They're He's yeah. a good player, good yeah. all round player, Matt very Scott. Good player, yeah. Um, so Leicester will be really disappointed to have let a fourteen point lead slip. And, yeah, and they're not they're not the Leicester of last season, are they? they, they it, it's those two players. Like what, whatever you say, missing Genge and George Ford, that is going to impact you. But yeah. and you see as well in the run up to them winning it last year, how totally influential those two were in the leadership group, leadership of that team. They almost ran the forwards and ran the backs, and between them ran the whole team. Yeah, that's fair. It's always going to be tough losing those two players, but I, th- I think, <clears throat> I think they'll be in with a shout this season. Definitely, they're in fifth at the moment. They've not had the best start, um, but, but now think... they've got all their players back, and like I say, they've played six of their ten away games. Away games. So they've got seven home games in their yeah. remaining matches. They, th- they're, yeah, they're looking good. Th- they'll I be think, fine. I think they'll be all right. I think they will. Ollie Chesham is massive, by the way. <laughs> yeah, told you he's massive. He's huge. <laughs> yeah, and his brother's bigger. Their players are <laughs> actually just. It, it's it's odd because it's uh, they aren't much bigger than Bristol, but they just standing pitch side and looking at what Leicester warming up. They just look enormous. Now, now George Martin's a frightening yeah player mm. as well. Harry Wells. I Harry think, Wells is scary as well. Yeah, I think Harry Wells is a normal player. So here's um something which I might have said last week, but. It's regarding South Africa's physicality and how we think about the physicality. So South Africa, South Africa actually are not a massive pack. They are a massive pack. That's a lie. They have the potential to be a massive pack when they've got their bigger states. But quite often they don't. Quite often they have Quagga Smith. They always have Khaleesi play. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mm-hmm. Starts actually is actually a small bloke. Yeah, like he's actually a small bloke. Bongi and Bernambi. Yeah. Well, Mostar is still six foot seven. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's re- relative, like, relative. Yeah, it's all relative. Bloke, yeah. yeah, he's six on. The, he's on the. He's on the. <laughs> on the spectrum of second rows, he's in the middle to just lower. He's on the, the lighter side, side of yeah, yeah, yeah. Of second rows. Yeah, but then often, he, often he's wearing seven on his back. So he's on the bigger side of people who would wear seven on their. Back. South Africa play their blind side. I do know. Seven, yes. but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, so you combine all those, and they're not actually as enormous, but it's just a mindset. Physicality is a mindset, yeah. as much as it is pure size. Leicester have that. Leicester do have that. They still have that. And I said Harry Wells before. I've been watching Harry Wells for a long time, thinking he's George Martin, because they both have longish hair. Mullets. Yeah, Sh- mullets. And, and they both have scrum, scrum, hats. scrum hats. So it can yeah. get confusing. Although this could be like the time when Tom Johnson and 
Uh, who was it? Uh, Haskell? Cruz? No. no uh, Moritz Bota. Moritz Bota. Both had pink scrum hats. Like, this guy's having a storm. He's, he's everywhere. everywhere. He's just was... made an attack on the right wing. There's a crossfield kick and he's making an attack on the left wing. Incredible. <laughs> so it might have been that. But Harry Wells has really impressed me. Nowhere near an England ball yeah. from what I can tell. <clears throat> no. mm. well, you right to mention that. And uh, oh, there was one, just while we're on this, actually, before we depart Leicester, Bristol, there's one message... Um, we got contacthedchasers at gmail.com. I thought it was quite a good quite a good email. Very well um, thought out email. And it says... There we go. Oh, man. No, not that one. Sorry. 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 Oh, there we go. Edmund Levine. Or Levin. Sorry. Uh, Edchasers. There's an incredible misremembering of the World Cup final in in relation to Dan Cole. I would urge you to watch the final in two parts. One where Cole is scrummaging with Mako, and one where Marler is on. Count the penalty counts and then decide if Cole was really to blame. Interesting. Cole and Marler actually won dominant scrum penalties. He said, I may be biased, but Cole is still England's best tight head. He might be England's best tight head. He, he, might, he might actually be, well... Ted, uh, Ted Levin, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Thank you, Ted. He might actually be England's best tight head. Him, him or Fraser Balmain. Might be the best tight end. Because we were talking about this as a problem position, and yeah. Uh, it's interesting because we do think of Cole being the one that got marmalised. Well, he he did, or well, the scrum did when he was on because he played 76 minutes. But that's an interesting way to frame it. How much was with Mako and how much was with Marla? Because Marla is a very, very good scrummaging loose head prop. Mako. Is that what we said last week, though? It is. It is. We, we, said we, that, said we said it. that last week, but we didn't make we, the point about that. We've been saying Dan yeah. Cole's been playing well, but maybe maybe the last four years have been, or three and a half years have been, unkind to Dan Cole. And it's interesting because I, I do often watch um, England games back um, afterwards. Um, I don't think I ever watched the World Cup final. I'm not sure if it, I could. Not sure enough time has elapsed <laughs> to allow me to watch the World Cup final. Maybe I enjoy if, it. Maybe if we maybe if we win it next year, I'll be able to. But Johnny Wilkinson has never watched the 03 World Cup final. Mm. He wants to have the memory in his mind. He's never watched the game. Really? So yep. I had this conversation today with somebody about the England players remembering games, and it's my theory that none of them remember the game at all, and never will do, because they see it and they remember it. More from the TV highlights and the stories that have been told, and each other's stories. It's like how many times have you seen a photo of uh, of like a, a photo of when you were a kid, and then you mix that up with your memory? It's like it's like in courts now, isn't um, eyewitness testimonies one of the least yeah. reliable yeah, yeah, yeah. forms of evidence you what can have? What type of suit does Jacob Rees Mogg wear? Uh, Three button, sing- double breasted, dark, dark, double breasted. Oh well done. Right, the reason I say that is because for the longest time the caricature of him was was in a pin, was in a pinstripe, pinstripe suit. Yeah, that's like the Mandela effect. Yeah, thing. he's never worn a pinstripe suit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, eyewitness testimony is, is really unreliable and far massively overused in court cases because I, it, the human mind is so unreliable. I actually read something today. I don't know how if this is true that said um, when you get um, incredibly consistent. Um, eyewitness recalls it's actually more likely to be wrong because it means people have conferred with one another and almost aligned their, uh, wow. their views there's actually a, a negative correlation with the accuracy and um, interesting that was how many people 
um, agree with one That's another. also why you need people like uh, JB and to a slightly lesser extent me, people who are willing to say things contrary to the crowd <laughs> uh, because um, quite often it's, a, it's the human nature to want to conform, like, isn't it? Yes. Be disagreeable. Yeah, be disagreeable. That's that's the phrase. Mm. Uh, yeah, so so maybe Dan Cole's still got lead in the pencil and maybe he has been farmed, put out to pasture too soon for England. And certainly the point we were making last week and the last few weeks was I just want, particularly after the South Africa game, what's wrong with just wanting a prop who can scrummage yes. and not get battered? And I don't care how good their tip-on pass is as, no. a, as a pivot player. Although Ellis Genji's offload... For was amazing. That first Bristol try was immense. Yeah, get your man who can do both. But yeah. if you can't, if they can't do both, if I have to pick one, if you've got to pick one, yeah. primary function, easy choice. Yes, uh, there's only two other Premiership games to uh, discuss, and yeah. I, I didn't see either of these. So, I'd, I've only seen highlights of Irish Newcastle, yeah. which was probably quite a good way to watch it because there's some lovely tries, some lovely um, wide range of passing from Paddy Jackson who also got on the scoreboard himself, in his, I read somewhere, his 55th consecutive premiership start. Is that right? Which is absolutely... Compare wrong. and contrast that with Bristol's situation at 10. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so exactly. Like, well, who Although they're, they're both on 17 points and bottom of the league, so yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, which is right or which is wrong. Fair point. But uh, <laughs> talking to players who consistently are doing the business in the premiership and whether, whether or not you buy into the Eddie's test match animal thing, but OHC... His try last week was against Leicester was class. Yeah. And he did some lovely things in this as well. Lovely things, including many, a 50-22 kick. Yeah. How many more years does Paddy Jackson need to be able to change allegiances? <laughs> well, he'd have to um, have all the allegiances available to him with grand- you can't grandparents change on, on, uh, residency. You can't change option. on residency. It's only on grandparents. Or, it's like yeah. Charles, Charles Piertel going back to the country of his birth. Genuine question. What is the... Situation for Ulster players: Are they are they Irish qualified all the time, or can they play for England for obvious reasons? Well, not in because they're a separate country UK. within the UK. So it would, yeah, it would, it would, need, just, it would need Northern Ireland to start their own team and separate. And I th- I'm not sure we want to go there. <laughs> no, but <laughs> why? There is a there is an Ulster man who's looking <laughs> at switching allegiances. Is there? Who? There was a news report this week. Uh, I think it was on BBC that John Cooney. Oh yeah, is. So he's got a Scottish family, and would consider he would be he would be eligible because it'd be three years. I think ahead of the World Cup. I'm sure, a long way to go. It's so. good. It's, he can step down from Ireland to a tier two nation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> tier two nation that beats England half yeah, the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quite. Um, Problem is, I'm not sure Paddy Jackson plays for, for England. That actually, shame. He's in a high competition position. <laughs> Let's let's put it that way. But he's he's playing some lovely rugby. I feel sorry for John Cooney because again, I I, again, I, I don't like the I don't like the qualifying on residency thing. When James when Jameson Gibson Park retires playing rugby, like CJ Stander, who I've got a lot of time for CJ Stander as a bloke as a rugby mm. player. He gave his all for Ireland when he did wear the mm. shirt. But as soon as he retired, he went back to South Africa. He might never come back. Same goes with Jameson Gibson Park. He'll be back to New Zealand, and I don't begrudge him because I would do the same thing in his shoes. But I just the the counterpoint to that is John Cooney's a man who deserved England ca- uh, Ireland caps and, uh, and yeah. missed out on it as a consequence. Deserved more than he got. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely, because he's a quality quality operator. That said, as I say, I'd do the same if I was in James and if I was James oh, Park. Yeah. 
family coach, financial advisor. I tell yeah. him to do the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I was really battered for, uh, for Falcons. Was In a, the end? Yeah, the last 20 minutes. Which they did. It was 2017 at one point. It's very Irish. I mean, quite yeah. often they, they they found a, a habit of coming back in the last 20 minutes, as they did against mm. Leicester last week, and they've done many times. But this time they just stretched out mm. in the last 20. And yeah. Only 6,000 at the Brentford Community Stadium. It's better than zero? Yes, it is. It's better than, well... But it's better than the combined attendances of Bristol Bears <laughs> and Gloucester. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's the little things that really let Premiership rugby down. <laughs> Imagine the NFL doing this. Uh, just on that, in terms of, yeah, I wonder what sort of atmosphere you generate on uh, with 6,000, but, but Gloucester and Northampton, that would be brilliant. I was, we were having, I was having a discussion. Um, it was following on from being at Twickenham last week. I was chatting on the on the catering bus with with Nick Mullins and with, oh, yeah. Ma- with Martin Bayfield and we were talking about Twickenham and and I mentioned what I'd said on the podcast last week that it almost seems like the RFU are ashamed in some way either ashamed of who comes to watch the rugby yes of course they are or not catering for the audience that they have they want to tell their advertisers that their key demographic who is constantly growing is 25 year old university educated females who are bisexual and preferably of an ethnic minority. That's what they want to tell their advertisers um, because that's cool. The reality is they don't really like the people that show up to Twickenham much and that's why they treat them with such disdain with almost every, everything that they say from a, a, a public policy point of view. To, to broaden that out, I think that there's almost an element of, like when I went to the Principality Stadium, Cardiff, during the uh, Autumn Internationals, that they embrace their oh. they embrace their Welshness. They get well. they get Cyril the goat out. They have the male yes. Welsh choir. That all they need to do is sing a couple of uh, a couple of songs, and and it just create and it creates something. Well, but what I'm saying, yeah. like the, the Englishness, there's so much English heritage. Think of the 2012 Olympic Games opening ceremony when how great that was to actually embrace what makes us no, English or British. Or it wasn't my favourite opening ceremony, but nevertheless, it was better than the closing no, ceremony. Just, that was a disaster. But, but rather than a bit of. Uh, Calvin Harris or Rudimental or something. <laughs> <laughs> why, why not play a, a little Hymns. bit of a little bit of Elgar, a bit of the Beatles? Just make it, you know, make it English. It. Yeah, be proud. Be, be don't be ashamed. The WRU do have their own problems when it comes to their fans, like you know, calling them vomiting all, on small yeah, children, calling them all drunk, <laughs> drunk humans. I can't. I, that kid, that that kid deserves to be ostracised from from society for what he's done to drinking culture in, in Wales. <laughs> if that really happened, he he should have kept quiet. Should have kept kept the, kept his mouth shut. Great but story. It's, it's, it's oh, I remember when I was eleven, getting vomited on. But you know, yeah, it's no, more that's, amazing. That's not if if it happened. That's obviously not okay. Well, yeah, it is okay because eighty thousand people, Tim. It's eighty thousand people. <laughs> I'm amazed it doesn't happen more often. I say I would say a ratio of one vomited kid. <laughs> Per eighty thousand fans is one hell of a ratio. Well, maybe maybe it happens like ten times a home game, and you've had all of these. Maybe these kids, reporting. Yeah, these kids. These kids have been taking it, <laughs> taking it for years and years and years, and you've got this one snitch yeah. who ruins it for everyone. Has- want- hashtag believe all vomited on kids. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so. Anyway, I'm just I'm just as you were talking about the match day experience, and and that just. That was what I came to. Was actually, it's more than just don't be ashamed of who comes to watch rugby. It's actually, but make it be it's, English. It be proud of being Engli- English. It is, it is an interesting juxtaposition, isn't it? That 
Wales and their sporting bodies are now wishing to refer to the Welsh team as Cymru. Uh, in, uh, d- d- sorry, the WRU have not said that. But they have yeah, the football putting, team. Has. The football yeah. team did it and they were following. The yeah, but they have sort of put. I don't like that for many reasons. I just don't like that. Um, whereas England got rid of the name Saxons because it wasn't as inclusive enough. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're England. You know, it's England. There's nothing wrong with the Saxons. There's nothing wrong with Hims. There's nothing wrong with Elngar. There's nothing wrong with uh, Sweet Chariot. Nothing, nothing wrong with any of these things. So, mm. yeah, I, I agree with you, actually. Mm. You'd, be, you'd be like banning bread of heaven from <laughs> exa- exactly the same thing. Newcastle are an exciting team. Just jumping back to the actual rugby. Matteo Carreras scored again. Oh, yes. Standard. Which was a try finished by Carreras, but created by the pace of Radwan. Yeah. Outrageous pace. Yeah. And they, they've got, Newcastle have got some great players. They've got a really good looking back line now. Yeah, they have. They've got lovely back line. They've got options in in plenty of the positions. They've got pace, importantly, and and lots of like the the um, back three that started and will probably be their cemented back three for the season in Carreras, Radwan, and uh, Obatoyimbo. Um, there's so much pace in that back line, as, as much as basically any team in the league, mm. even the likes of Gloucester when they get their their fastest team out, um, and they've got a good pack that well drilled. And, uh, importantly, a superb try-scoring hooker who, although he didn't score this week, um, but Guy Pepper did score this week. Your boy, you know, your boy Guy Pepper. Yeah, do we know if our boy Guy Pepper is actually who I think he is? He must be. That. He, I mean, must he must be. be. There's, there's no other explanation there for can't it. Be yeah, yeah. I am right. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dave Walder, I think, is bedded in what he wants to do there. I think Newcastle are one of those teams that will really benefit from there only being 11 teams in the Premiership. That's four fewer games and for them, that's massive. That's a good yeah. point, actually. But yeah, their squad will benefit because it's a thin squad. Their uh, finances will not benefit, correct? Because uh, there's two fewer home games. Yeah, correct. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's this um, fixture. It's just outside the international window, but it's two teams who are virtually unaffected by the international yeah. window. Yeah. Uh, just on the last game, do you know what we've not done, and we never do do it? But we've been told that we should do it by, by, by listeners. We never start with the score. Uh, okay. So, last game. Just go to Ultimate Rugby and get the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bath, Bath 13, 19, uh, uh, Harlequins 19. There you go. Yes. And, I don't know if you saw any of this, JB, from from. I have seen Dubai. some highlights. Yeah, I saw, I saw highlights. So I was excited because two players I've not seen enough of and I want to see a lot more of played. Can you guess who they are? Uh... Two players playing that you haven't seen much of. Not Cam- this year. Cam Redpath? No, for, Harle- for Harlequins. Oh, for Harlequins. There's only one player for Harlequins. Oh, Beardy. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Beardo. Beard. O- Oscar Beard. I'll let you talk about Oscar Beard and Harlequins while I just take a little uh, comfort <laughs> break. <laughs> Oscar Beard uh, finishes try. Lovely finish on his um, try. Great Craig, feet. And Craig's brother? Craig, Craig's brother? Yep, Craig's brother. Who is the other player? Brother of Craig. Uh... I have no idea who Craig is. That's only Nick David. <laughs> oh, they both scored tries. Yeah, they both scored tries this week. Um, so this this was interesting. So thirteen nineteen, three tries to one. Um, but Bath, Bath could have won this game, and they could have. Like as in genuinely, they could have won this game. And I actually think 
it was a bad referee decision that cost them the game at the end. Obviously, it didn't cost them the game because they had uh, 79 preceding minutes to score. (laughs) But I think the final decision... So, for the last five minutes, they were camped on Harlequin's line. They Mm -hmm. score a a converted try, wins the game for them. Jack Kennington gets a yellow card. Um, Someone else, George Head, got a yellow card. Is it Hawker? So, Quinn's are down. Yeah, George Head's reserve hooker. Um, came on for Jack Walker. So Quinns are down to 13 men. Bath, stick it in the corner. Line out. They've got a good line out. They've got a good driving mall. Uh, I think Tom did, Tom... did Tom... I'm looking at the team now. Did Tom Dunn come off, come off the bench? No, Nyla Nett would have. Okay, yeah. Um, but the final driving mall... Um, Bath break off from the final driving mall and there's a Quinns player who makes the tackle and then seals off over the ball and he was given a penalty to Harlequins That's even though there was rubbish. there was no clear relief from the Quinns defender. So I I think Bath were hard done by. I think obviously rubbish. they did have the preceding 79 minutes as we've already said but I don't think the game should have been stopped at that point. I think that should have been a penalty to Bath which would have given them another shot either to the corner or to scrum it against 13-man Harlequins. So, hard what, done by. Bath are getting a lot of value out of their, uh, out of their Worcester pickups. Like Massively. A tremendous amount of value. Well, th- those are, I think, we, I think we might have even listed them, the two most valuable Worcester players were... Yeah, so that's not really surprising. Lawrence and Ted Hill. But yeah. it's actually, it has been, it's not that surprising that they're, they're good players. It has been a surprise at just how good they have been. Like immediately, they've made a difference to that Bath yeah. team, and they've looked almost the best player on the pitch you every time see, they've played. You start to see Fergusley Warner start pretty much every, every single. I don't mm. know. Is it just because he's fit? Just because he's available? Is this the plan going forward? But he is playing almost every game. Uh, Valerie Mozel, whatever his name is, Morozov. Morozov. Morozov is also well. They're using him quite extensively. Mm. Yeah. But those two are good. And uh, Thokner Singer um, made a lovely break down the right right side. Um, Went outside of Esther Hazen and another um, administration um, move in Josh Bassett. Went, made a beautiful break down the right wing. Mm. Looked fantastic. Looked rapid. So what games have we got a premiership for next week? Well, there's one more game I'd like to talk about. Yeah, go on. There's a little. There's a few emails as well. I'd like to get through. Okay. Well, do I do an email now, and then I'll yeah. talk about the game. Okay. That well, I want to. What, what? So, so because there was no game this afternoon, I had a little bit of time because um, I normally watch a rugby game on Sunday. So I watched the whole of Leinster v Ulster oh, on Sunday afternoon. Your beloved Ulster. Oh God, what what a game actually? So were they full blooded? Um, Ulster were close to full blooded. Um, Leinster changed a few players, but not that many. Um, yeah, Ulster, uh, Leinster were probably seventy-five percent, and Ulster were maybe ninety percent, ninety-five percent. So not bad, yeah, especially yeah. considering yep. you just got out of Europe and you uh, sorry, just got out of international, and you've got Europe next week. Um, so three all, twenty minutes into the game, Healy goes to tackle. 
Stewart, the hooker, um, who's playing really well, and clash of heads, both end up blooded, but it's a red card from Healy. It, it was, follow the framework, it's a red card. I you maybe could have argued that it wasn't, the acceleration came from Stewart rather than Healy, but he's upright, he was high force, um, ball carrier didn't dip. Red card after 20 minutes. Ulster then score three tries consecutively. This is going brilliantly, Phil. They go 22-3 up, only a couple of minutes left on the clock in the first half, and Leinster pull one back. Uh, he doesn't drive him all, but Ulster scored kind of two close-up, close-quarter tries through Herring, who'd just been on the pitch for 30 seconds, and Treadwell. Was that 22-17? No, 20, so breakaway tried from McElroy. That makes it 22-10. Okay. So it was, it was, they were 22-3 oh, right, okay. up. Second half, um, Leinster score early in the second half. Actually, no, tell a lie, tell a lie. All the tries came slightly later on. For, start of the second half was a bit of an arm wrestle, but Leinster were coming back after Ulster scoring three tries. Leinster start coming back into it. Ulster start tiring. Then... Two amazing steps inside from Gary Ringrose. Two qu- tries in quick succession from Ringrose. A try from Porter. Wow. A try from James Lowe. Wow. And Leinster have scored 36 unanswered points against Ulster, despite being down to 14 men. Now, it must be said, for a period of time, Ulster were down to 13 men because they had two accurate uh, yellow cards. Um and also got one back at the end. So Leinster just, uh, just in the last twenty minutes or so, twenty-five minutes, just showed their class across the board. And by the end of it, for the final Leinster try, the low try, Ulster just looked out on their feet because they just mm. they'd given everything and come up short against a team that had four, fourteen men for most of the game. Mm. And still, the standard bearers. They are. They're massively the standard bearers. And they will be, they'll be gunning for Europe this year. They they really will. Like, losing losing semis. Yeah, they might add another star. I don't know. I always think that in the Pro Fourteen or whatever it's called nowadays, um, the Rabo Pro Direct Twelve. <laughs> um, it has definitely improved. It is more competitive. Games like you're just talking about then will benefit Leinster, but. They need to be doing this every single week because much like the the England ladies team who came and stuck on their 31st game, if you do nothing but batter people for 30 games or whatever it is, then it's going to be hard when you finally do come up against someone who's able to hit you in the face. Just, just that, that point. Yeah. So I agree with that point if you play 30 bad games and then play one. But actually, I think the URC now is strong enough that you can... Blood additional players. You're always going to, you'll only go a few weeks without playing one of the big South African sides or um, Ulster or Munster or um, yes, Glasgow sir. and Edinburgh. So it's not you. You actually, I think it's now probably not far off the sweet spot for Leinster. They can blood talent. They can rest boys when they need to rest them, and they get high end physical confrontational that's, matches like that's this. A fair point. That uh, and but, then they got Europe. By the way, then, just on yeah, that, then you go to Europe. I, I, I loved um, that Joe Marler set, made the point of saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Europe next week. We're, we're going to South Africa. Where's that? 
Oh, sorry, we're going to we're going to Natal Sharks. Where's that? South Africa. <laughs> yeah, uh, good, uh, quite right. Um, it's uh, he'll, he'll I understand be... money and stuff. It's just farcical that you've got a European Cup and well, teams travelling to the Southern Hemisphere. Joe Marlon might not actually like it because he loves being at home with his family. <laughs> but other, some of the other boys will be loving the <laughs> chance, to, chance to go to Durban. Yeah, that's fair. Can't argue with that. <laughs> but there won't be many fans going out there. No. That's that's the shame. Whereas if they were playing oh, a trip to a dead trip to La Rochelle or Lyon or Toulouse or or Connor or Cork or bloody Dublin or, or Belfast would be amazing. I'll tell you what, there are some bloody good games this weekend in the Heineken Cup. Mm. Well, we will get into that shortly. I'll just go through yeah. a couple of these emails. Contact Chasers at gmail.com. Did some of the pe- did you manage to meet up in Dubai with some of the people some of the people that were emailing? I did. I did. I didn't manage to go Go for a bit because you've got to remember, you've got to remember the place is absolutely packed. It is, it is a zoo in there. Yeah, if you lose your friends and you don't have um, a phone, like I, I didn't, uh, <laughs> it is difficult. Oh dear. Have you managed to find your phone, by the way, on your tracking app? Not yet. I'll have no. a look later. Okay. Uh, well, I, I asked about uh, local derbies last week. So we yeah, were, you did. We were interested in local derbies, mm. and uh, Alex Webb said uh, Rochford. Or Rochford, uh, I'm not sure how you say that, versus Westcliff. Ooh, classic. Uh, National 2 South, three miles apart. Nice. Mm. That's that's a good level to have two teams so close together. Yeah, it really is. So I like that. I like that one. Uh, ben Hall has emailed contactedchasers at gmail.com. Uh, Hornets RFC versus Western Supermare RFC, both in the same town. Hell of a ding dong. Hornets have been an offshoot of a disgruntled Western Supermare um, from players back in 1962. Uh, since then, the rivalry has been fierce, especially in recent years as both were in National 3 for the last few seasons. Hornets being promoted to National 2 for this season has halted this until the club down the road catches up. Oh, the new, the the upstarts, the, the, the new team being <laughs> exactly. better. That must hurt. That must hurt. <laughs> Uh, twos, threes and fourths uh, are also in the same leagues. Cup and league matches between the two are our biggest events and revenue. Marquees and bands and many a pint drunk by the thousands. Uh, two to three thousand regular attendance. That's wow. amazing. For those events. So That's amazing. God, sales sharks would kill sure, for that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure something like three thousand, if not more, turned up for Derby. Between Kirby Lonsdale and Kendall, not so long ago, mm. and they had r- local radio coverage too. Wow! wow. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that that might be one to go and uh, check out if if Hornets play Western Supermare. I, I I love all this stuff, and I'm also I just want to. Where was that email I wanted to read out? Yeah, James Brickell. Uh, the title of this email is "Amateur Clubs Run Run Well," and he said, "I thought you lads would be interested James in James Bracknell." Or Br- Bricknell, Brickell, Brickell. So I thought okay. you boy, I thought, I thought you lads would be interested in hearing about Chew Valley RFC, just south of Bristol. I know it, uh, and um, widely said around here, they are the highest placed club in the UK that doesn't pay its players, unless your listeners perhaps know of another. So there you go. There's another one. So what, what league are they in? Sorry, I don't know actually. If you could oh. check Chew Valley RFC. Uh, they've been promoted three times in four years and are now... Oh, sorry. Here we go. <laughs> they've promoted three times in four years and are now second from top in Regional 1 Southwest. So, I, so is that level six? Yeah, I think Wharfdale don't pay their players, or they didn't used to. 
I'm sure. So I've played against Wharfdale many I've times. I've played against Wharfdale. I'd that's be surprised if they didn't pay some of those boys. That's what I've heard. There's a lot of rugby players that play in Wharfdale. It might be... I remember hearing about uh, Birkenhead Park back in the day where they would pay expenses, but it was like expenses plus. Yeah. So it would be like five quid a mile, plus then all your beer money, plus then your, no, that kind of stuff. Doesn't count. I'd be, I'd be surprised Allegedly. if Wharfdale... Do you know you have to sign a declaration to the RFU that you're not paying players? So you sign your declaration, and once the declaration goes in, that means you're not entitled to grants and whatnot. So yeah. It's perfectly okay to pay players, but that declaration... Those declarations, though, are not public. <laughs> so there's no way to check. Yeah. And think it gets enforced. Mm. Uh, so James says um, part of the success seems to come simply from the fact they had a group of players come through the junior ranks right the way through from under eights they took the decision that they will not pay any players apart from a player coach at prop I'm sure they'll find their ceiling at some point and perhaps get demoted again in the meantime they are well supported have great uh, morals uh, have great morals with success at all levels great morale sorry with success oh. at all levels uh, we're also very proud of the star scheme that was started at Chew Valley. He said, I won't bore you with the details, but there's a there's a good video. Um, and he said, hi to JB and Phil, who kindly peeled me off the ground in the North Dorset Sevens, playing against egg chasers in the Vets Tens. Well, uh, I was going to say, um, good uh, do you remember Brickers? Um, and he has the world's coolest job. Would you care to guess what, what his job is? Uh, world's coolest job, uh, fighter pilot. Cooler. Cooler than a fighter pilot. Cooler. Head... Um, Head or uh, what was it? Air Commander for UK Space Force. <laughs> not quite as cool as that. That one. is a that is a pretty cool job. Yeah, not quite as cool as that one. He's um, BBC Wildlife uh, photographer and filmer. Very cool. He, there he, you go, top boy. Very cool. Well, I've just had a look at that. Yeah, I'm, we had we had a good few. He was, he was the boy who had the head clash with Dave. Dave Kenny, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was awful. But he was he was back on the beers. Fair play to him. <laughs> um, so is I, that is that the healthy message we should be sending to the? Well, he took it. Easy. Politi- he's politically incorrect. Don't say that. He's he's a grown adult that made his own choice. No one. Oh, was did he, Tim? Him drink. Oh, how do you know, Tim? <laughs> how do you make that decision for him, Tim? <laughs> so uh, yeah, sounds like True Valley got a great thing going there, and I, I won't go too much into the star scheme, but I, I did have a look at the link, and it's uh, basically Bristol is is an area with. You know, a, a lot of, um, you know, Ellis Genge would be the first to say there's, you know, a, a lot of lads that could go down a different path, same as us mm. here in Manchester. And the Star Scheme tries to tap into that and use rugby as a force for good. And I was just looking at the examples, that the success stories. And there's a guy called Daly who is now in the Bristol Bears Academy and won a place at the SGS Academy to, to play rugby um, as well as study. And that is, that that is, he's been playing at Chew Valley since he was 11. Um when his mum thought he needed some kind of influence that rugby brings, brings after his father was killed um, and was also in prison for five years prior to that. Mm, and uh, and just, yeah, so, you know, it sounds like they've got some great things going on there and that's that's a proper city rugby club doing special things. Mm. So I appreciate you letting us know about that. Fantastic. Yeah, really good. And I love, love stories like that. So contact Chasers at, at gmail.com. Right. So, oh, oh, sorry. One more local derby. I beg your pardon. Oh yeah, please. Uh, yeah, not many. I was. Oh, I was at this club today. Uh, this comes from. Oh, I, I. I hope the name's right. 
the email address is Olive is the first name. So, but anyway, uh, so Olive, I'll just go with that. Uh, not many physically closer derbies than Winnington Park and Northwich. Oh, I've played both of these teams, and you're not wrong. That that be a spice. Oh, so I, I kind of I know them. I know where they are. Cheshire. They um, literally play on pitches they, next to each other. Oh, do they? Yeah. yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. See, I've, I've played at Northwich before, but I, I didn't really know anything about Winnington Park until I took brought, uh, Raffy Quirks, brought yeah, Park under-15s there today. Over the road. They do have a clubhouse. Yeah, it's a nice Northwich club. Northwich don't have a clubhouse. Okay. Winnington Park's a nice club. There's a lot of nice cars in the car park, a lot, a lot of lovely yeah, houses on the roads in, around. It's a nice area around there. Nice part of rural Cheshire. A lovely club. That the, the, their under-15s coach was great. Their team was a very good team. Massive. And uh, here's a little tip, right? If you play against a team of, we were just talking about Chew Valley, um, and the same for Broughton Park. If you play a team of, uh, if you play a team with a lot of players that um, are from some mean streets, and, and our Broughton Park team have got some lads that, you know, they'll have seen some things. <laughs> yeah. uh, what you don't want to do to those lads is as they come out to warm up, jog past them and laugh and say, look how small these guys are. Because I did not need to do, I did not need to do any motivation. I mean, this Winnington Park team were massive; that they were huge. But we've got some tough lads, and uh, and that was it. I didn't need to do any team talk. I went. They heard it. They heard them laughing. They go, look, look, these lads are a bit small, and uh, and our team just went right. That's it. Sleeves rolled up, and they flew into them. They and we and they won. Awesome. They smashed them. Good, good lads. Yeah, I like that. So it's the size of the fight in the dog. Yes, and all that. Bigger they are, the harder they fall. All of that. Not always true, though, is it? I found out. Not always true. Not always true. Always true. Well, you don't always find out because you just let your man tackle Yeah, him. yeah, exactly right. Yeah, like, like uh, what's his face? Morris Farsavalu. Morris Farsavalu, yeah. uh, which is your Never man. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> Business decision, mate. You're quite right that we've got a big weekend of games coming up. Yeah. So rather than go through every single fixture, how about yeah. we do this? Have a look at the fixtures. Pick three you like. Well, so I actually think it's quite interesting to go through the fixtures because there's a lot of repetition. Because in in the um, Champions Cup now, so there's two pools, but each team only plays two teams. Mm. So you're going to be seeing, you're either going to be having a a good ding-dong or getting um, hammered. Hiding. Yeah. Mm. Um, So I think it is interesting to go through them. So there's, there's 12 teams per pool. So yep. 24 teams in total. Yeah. You play each... You only play two teams from your pool, though, even though there are 12 in your pool. And you play the corresponding um, opposite ranking from the other um, competitions. So if you're if you're the top-ranked um, English team in your pool, you will play the lower-ranked... Um, uh, URC and top 14 teams in your pool. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Loosely. Well, what, what, what day by day, so the Friday night, it opens, I, I think London Irish v Montpellier, it could have been a better game to open. I, I think, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, the Brentford Stadium, we talked about it being 6,000. You'd love to, I mean, if that was in Montpellier, that'd be a great game to start the whole thing. But Yeah, it's a fair point. You want a yeah. big TV spectacle, yeah? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it so could, that's the it could be great. That's, that is a bit of a shame, actually. Uh, but let's let's see how it goes. So that is a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's a big, big one for Zach Mercer because he's not going to be able to play Six Nations. So this European campaign is his. This is his shot window for England. 
yes. for, the, for the World Cup. Yeah, fair point. Um, but but as for Saturday, that that lunchtime game on Saturday <laughs> is jokes. monstrous. Absolute jokes of a game, that. The, the Lancaster Bowl. Yes. How's that? That's been a final before, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. In about 2018. Racing 92 versus Leinster in the Thunderdome. Oh. It's going to be so good. That is going to be exciting. That's brutal. And as well as, so as well as obviously Leinster and Racing both fighting over Stuart Lancaster, uh, Christian Wade is playing for Racing 92. Is he starting regularly? He, he scored two tries against Claremont uh, not Love this week, a week or two ago. Um, now, I don't know. I don't know how regularly he's starting. I don't know whether he'll be playing, but he was kind of famously not picked um, for Lancaster's England, despite well scoring six tries every time he played against Worcester. Yeah. Sorry, that's all right. Getting all sorts of stuff going on here. No, it's all right, mate. Yeah, that's what a great. He's had a great story. He'd be a good interview, JB, wouldn't he, Christian Wade? I'd love to interview. Chris yeah, though. he's got oh, what a great, what a great story. Yeah, I um, need to interview some more people soon. Oh, so I'll get back to all my seconds. Hopefully that's still running as it should be. Uh, we just had a little momentary technical issue. You all sorted, JB? Good. <laughs> How's the waveform wave looking? Uh, Good enough? I think I think we're all right. Fortunately, we've had enough of the podcast that even if this bit balls up, exactly. we, we can get away with it. Yes. But I think... I think we're okay. Okay. So, any predictions in that one? Uh, I feel it's hard to predict these. <sighs> Rassing Leinster, yeah, but Rassing at home, but it's Leinster. Oh, man, that is, I can't wait. What, I that cannot wait a, for that one. It'd be a hell of a game, that. I, I'm not going to be able to watch most of it, though, because I'm, I'm in Gloucester, so I'll be preparing. Annoyingly, I'm going to be 30 minutes into a uh, taste of menu and wine flight at 2 p.m., why were you Saturday. going? I'm in London. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, but you're in London. No one cares about rugby. You can avoid the result of that and watch it I later. C- I could. I could. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's not the best thing f- uh, to watch after a wine flight. But uh, Correct. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it anyway. <laughs> uh, Gloucester Bordeaux will be interesting. Got, uh, so, will Tom, is Tom Willis playing for Bordeaux? No. No. Oh, Tom Willis is playing for... Yeah, he might be for Bordeaux. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I was getting confused with... Um, his brother Jack. Yeah. Tom Willis is. Let's see if I can find it. Now. What else we got? Claremont Stormers, Quinn's Sharks, Bordeaux. Pools, it is Bordeaux. Leon, La Rochelle, Northampton. So I mean, really, the Saturday is all about Racing Leinster. Yeah. yeah, and the rest. I mean, the other games are good, but that is just box office, absolute box office. Yeah, Quinn. I think Quinn Sharks will be a good game as well. Um, sorry. No, it's quite right. Hmm. My phone is hung, is showing up at two separate hotels. Two. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, and I was not either of these hotels. So it's like a worm. It's been cut in half. Yeah. Exciting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know who's had a great time with my phone. <laughs> Who would do this? <laughs> Great question. Half one at night at one hotel, then nips over the road to the other hotel. Well, they were Player. just they were just drinking, and then they're gonna. Who knows? I mean, it's it's interesting that they're not even worried about turning it off or chipping it. Maybe. Yeah. Or. 
Keep you I remember charged. when I, oh, I remember when I had my um, I was working at a Bristol game and I just nipped into the the little Tesco across the road from the hotel I was staying in just to grab a pint of milk to have a cup of tea and uh, someone nicked it just <sighs> while I was at the at the checkpoint. But within within five minutes, mm. it had been How annoying. It was off and then yeah, never yeah, resurfaced. Never, never yeah, comes on again. So it just happens so quick. Mm. Oh well. Oh well. I'm an idiot. Um, right, so where were we? I don't know. Talking about games or something. Claremont Stormers will be interesting to see. Just uh, you, you get a level on what where the top fourteen and the Urk and where the Premiership and top fourteen and Premiership and Urk are at with, like you say, Sharks Quins. Urk is this what we're calling it now? <laughs> Ultimate Rugby Championship. Yeah. URC. URC. Yeah. Claremont are not the team that they once were. No, they're not. They're they're tenth in the top fourteen. And they've still got a bit of talent there, but they're not they're not going to be competing. I don't think, I could be wrong, but they're not going to be competing for Europe and top 14s for a few years unless things dramatically change. It's those two Irish provinces of the big games. that Well, the three, actually, because um, Sale are actually having a good season. But Racing v Leinster on the Saturday. Sunday, Munster v Toulouse. Nice. And also yeah. before it's Sale v Ulster. You, does that mean if you're in London, you're not going to be going to see your beloved Ulster coming to town? Unfortunately not. Oh, you could have taken your Pinar jersey along. I could have. And uh, the annoying thing is, uh, so there's a train strike on the Sunday. So You don't want to get a train from, Manchester, uh, from London to Manchester on a Sunday anyway, because it's oh, three and a half hours. It's ridiculous. It's, it's 2022 and we're in the UK. Avanti it's, West Coast. I know. They're uh, me, a joke. Me, me and you spend quite a lot of time on Avanti West Coast, Tim. Unfortunately, they're dreadful. It is an absolute disgrace, and the, the prices are still. I know. I could, I could tolerate it. So, I, I, do, you know, do, you know how, do you know how I'm getting back? Uh, so I'm, flying. I'm, well, I looked at flying, um, but because uh, I was too late looking at flying, my only options were to go via either Brussels or Amsterdam, and I'm not doing either of those things. Uh, I'm not driving. Um, Get so the National Express. I'm on the National <laughs> Express. <laughs> Really? It is, it is five hours it's going to take. Thank you, Avanti West Coast. They are dreadful. Oh, so bad. So, so bad. Uh, I know. Uh, well, you wrap up this chat about the games then, um, and I'm, that's how we're going to play ourselves out. A song for Phil. What, with Avanti Express? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Remember this? Remember this? Yeah, I, I quite like this tune. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Talk about the rugby. Uh, right, I'm just going to tell you the winners. Right, Go on, then. and I'm looking at this in Pool One and Pool Two. So in Pool One, your winners are Racing Ninety Two, Harlequins, Bordeaux, uh, Bulls, Shush, Exeter. It was. It is between this. <laughs> Carry on, Exeter and Saracens. They're your winners in Pool. Uh, Pool A. And in Pool B, your winners are Montpellier, hmm, Clermont, La Rochelle, Ulster, come on Ulster, Toulouse, and Leicester Tigers. Love it. Right, have we got time for a quick podcast on our Patreon channel to dig into JB on his Dubai escapades? Oh, yes, please. I want all of the gossip. Are you JB's looking nervous? <laughs> looking at where my phone is. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll track the phone down. And thank you for listening. Hit subscribe. Tell your mates. Let the boys play. See you on the next one.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.